This podcast edition of Other Side of Texas is brought to you by our friends at Flint Boot and Hat, a West Texas original. You want a great hat or you want to make your boots great again, go see them at 3035 34th Street or Flint and 34th Street in Lubbock or see more at flinthat.com. I ran a cold front when I gave my truck the rent. Barreling down I-35 with one thought on my mind. Forget the race, find an open space, be that city. Hey there, howdy. Thanks for tuning in and thanks for telling a friend that you hang out on the other side of Texas. Great episode coming up for you here as we hang out in the studios where Buddy Holly became famous. Isn't that right, Sam? Let's try that again. Isn't that right, Sam? Yeah. Uh, Samuel Leeson hanging out with me here on the other side. Sam's not done a radio show with me, and uh, so today's his big chance. Jay, West Texas Leeson here. You want to be a part of the program as we roll along. 806-745-5800. If you're listening real time, 806-745-5800. We are broadcasting from... The Racer Car Wash Studios voted Lubbock's Best Wash Round for five years running. Stop into one of five convenient locations across the Hub City. Sambo, is Dad always going to get his truck washed? Yeah, Yeah. pretty much. And we go to Racer. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the feedback there. Kids are honest. You can take me at my word. Uh, Five locations across the Hub City for the Best Wash Around, guaranteed racerwash.com lots to get into with you on this edition we are going to jump into some uh talk about Beto o'rourke and keg stands go into uh some rager gate and come back out some words to say about especially since i'm sitting here looking at my son uh governor abbott usc texas that'll all make since here in just a little bit and then our exclusive interview with Samuel Leeson coming up on the program I want to uh, thinking about Sam cover your ears for just a minute buddy I'm thinking about you know in college listen guys whenever whenever we were in college first of all thank goodness we didn't have smartphones okay you can cover your ears here in a minute buddy Thank goodness we didn't have smartphones. Uh, one of the dumbest things that's done is a keg stand. Go upside down and then to um, let it all go straight to your brain. Feels good in the moment, but it ain't going to feel good tomorrow. Or maybe later on in the night, depending on how things turn over in one's stomach. And I've said, and I'm going to say it here, we're going to get into a Quinnipiac poll that shows that Ted Cruz is now uh, nine points ahead of Beto O'Rourke, which is also funny to me because uh, two weeks ago, polls don't matter. And this is the way elections go. Two weeks ago, Cruz campaign, polls don't matter. Today, uh, you're up by nine and polls do matter. But I will say, and I've made this argument, I'm going to continue to make this argument. There are roughly, I believe, half a million less 
Democratic voters in Texas than there are Republican voters. And my claim has been all along that Beto O'Rourke would have to peel off and get some Republican voters. And he did that. He was doing that back in April, but the election is in November. And if you're Beto O'Rourke, even though the keg stand sounds cool and it looks cool and a lot of people are hooping and hollering, I mean, you got Ellen DeGeneres, you got, you know, Stephen Colbert, everybody going crazy. But how's that going to feel in the morning? In the morning after, I think it's becoming clear for Beto O'Rourke is that first Tuesday in September. It may feel good now, but it won't feel good later. Uh, this was Better O'Rourke with me on the program uh, back in, I'm trying to think when this, I, I believe it was April, Better O'Rourke and I sitting down and he and I discussed for some 40 minutes, it's there on our podcast, you can go back and listen to it, but this is what I wanted you to hear now. Mm-hmm. As a Democrat, are you running in the mold of a Ralph Yarborough or a Lloyd Benson? Because the question that's going is beginning to emerge is: Is Beto? May I just call you Beto? Yeah, of course. Is Beto going to have the entire Democratic Party behind him, or is his support just going to be the tired old, largely, uh, well, a base that largely consists of white liberals who hate Donald Trump? Right. If the latter, is that a winning strategy? I would argue it's not. Yeah, I, I am too young. I was one in 72 to, to remember Ralph Yarbrough, old enough to remember Lloyd Benson. And um, in 1988, um, you know, when he ran, I was 16 years old. Um, and his demeanor, his civility, the dignity with which he carried himself, and the fact that I really got the sense that every single one of us mattered. Didn't care if you're a Democrat, if you're a Republican. Um, and talking to those, although Senator Benson is, is gone now, talking to those who were part of those campaigns. And they said, you know, we would fly into Lubbock and we would hold meetings here, but then we would be in Tulia, we would be in Matador, we would go up to Amarillo, we'd be in Canyon. We, we would use this as a hub, the hub city, to connect with um, the people who hadn't seen maybe their member of Congress or a statewide candidate in a long time. And I'm struck by the fact that so often I am told that. We were in Archer City, and someone said, we haven't seen somebody in decades. Uh, we were in Atlanta, Texas. They haven't seen their member of Congress ever because the district is so gerrymandered. That member of Congress never has to go two hours east to Atlanta. And so when we show up, I don't know if they're excited to see me or not or if they're going to vote for me, but they want to give me a piece of their mind because they want to hold someone accountable. So I think I think Lloyd Benson's model of running uh, holds some appeal to me. Um, and yet we got to do our own thing in 2018 and um, and just uh, be be literally everywhere in all 254 counties. Beto O'Rourke joining us here. Is okay, so that here. what you heard there was us in a uh, empty hotel room with staffers waiting and the answer that he gave and it wasn't quite uh, it wasn't quite the answer that I wanted but uh, the point still stands and is that 
he has taken every opportunity to go out on risk and I think is losing a moderate base. And I have a bunch more to say there, but it may feel good. Again, it may feel good tonight, but it's not going to feel good in the morning. And that morning's coming in November for Beto O'Rourke. Nine points down, according to Quinnipiac. And a couple of notes there. Well, we don't have time to get into it because, well, okay. We'll just touch it for just a second. Among likely voters, and this is a time of year where we go from popularity contest to likely voters, people who may very well vote. And now you see that there is a 54 to 45 lead amongst voters in Cruz's favor. Uh, Again, as O'Rourke begins to engage these side issues, uh, it allows, and I think admittedly so, it allows Cruz to run on some traditional Texas issues, but it also allows for him to run on some fear-mongering about, you know, if there's anything that Beto O'Rourke, whenever you go out on that branch, there is no context in politics, and anybody can call anything into question. And so, you know, what did he mean by that? And what about this flag thing? And what about this AR-15 thing? And that's that's what I was saying to Beto O'Rourke in that interview all those days ago. We'll try to get him back on the show. Maybe Cruz will come on, too. Uh, Cruz and I, yeah, kind of a falling out there. Uh, but I'd definitely give him the opportunity to talk if and when he wants to come on. Somebody who's going to come on with us is Police Chief, Lubbock Police Chief, Greg Stevens coming up. Stick right where you are. We're going to stick with Beto O'Rourke, Ted Cruz, and talk about all these sign, these yard sign stealings in Lubbock. It is the controversy right now. Going to get in with uh, the chief here in just a moment. And then a little bit later, as teased earlier, Samuel Leeson going to make his debut on the other side of Texas. Stay right where you are. Lots of fun headed for you right here at AM5. Gotta keep trying. Gotta lay them down and keep trying. The only sure thing is Texas and dying. And your love makes a living worthwhile. LLP with offices in Lubbock, Amarillo, and Dallas employing creative legal solutions to address your business needs in the areas of commercial litigation, banking, financial restructuring, employment law, and estate planning. Go out to the lines here. We're glad to have. I wish that I had like a uh, a siren call for you. It's uh, Lubbock Police <laughs> Chief uh, Greg Stevens. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, good. So tell us a little bit about this rash of uh, what's going on. We just did a segment about the U.S. Senate campaign in Texas, uh, but there's this rash of Beto O'Rourke signs getting stolen in the community. I see it written in a lot of places. Um, I'll go ahead and let you speak to it and pick out a couple of news clippings to go through. Yeah, so we've we've had several reports over the last week or so, uh, give or take, of political signs that have been stolen from front yards. Uh, There could have been, uh, you know, ones from businesses. I'm not aware of those. Uh, uh, But but several reports of political signs being stolen. Um, That I I know of, they've been uh, uh, Mr. O'Rourke's signs stolen. Again, we, we see this from time to time during election campaigns. Signs from both 
uh, parties either vandalized or stolen. Um, and it's so it's not unusual. Uh, we see it as we get closer to elections. I recall in the 2008 presidential election uh, uh, campaign, we, we had the same thing occur. So it's not unusual. It's something that we see from time to time as we get close to elections. Uh, more one candidate than the other thus far this year, though. Is it safe to so maybe better or worse people are, are more outspoken on social media? I'm not sure. It's what we've seen. It's what's been reported to us, anyway. And so, yeah, it's so far that's that's what we've seen. Uh, and and uh, again, I think that's the case, certainly. But it, it uh, what I can say for sure is that's what's been reported to us. It, yeah. it's all Beto O'Rourke signs that been stolen. Yeah. Uh, so I'm reading, and there's not an address here. This is a KLBK Lubbock report. Um, but O'Rourke supporter Susan Tomlinson told us last week that she woke up on Friday to a signless yard and she wasn't alone. There were 12 thefts in her neighborhood. Uh, quote, because it's an immature act, I presume it's a young person. If it's an older person who hasn't grown up, well, maybe it's time! Exclamation mark. Nearly 48 hours, those thieves came back and stole the signs again, this time caught by Tomlinson on video, I presume. And you don't speak this, Chief. I don't know what the ins and outs are of privacy, but I presume this is the video that we all see on our social media feeds, at least in Lubbock and the surrounding areas. Are they thieves? That's where I want to begin. Is it is it theft? What? How do you classify this legally? So it'll be one of it'll be one of two things. It'll either be criminal mischief or it'll be theft, and it really, really depends on how you know what what's the most appropriate charge. If if we're able to make an arrest or or to file any kind of charges, we'll look at what's most uh, an appropriate charge and discuss that with the DA's office. On what's the difference between the two of those, Chief? So so it'll it'll really depend on uh, on the value of the signs. Um, if if uh, uh, if we determine a value, say we arrest someone that has a large number of the signs, and we can determine a value uh, that that raises to a higher level misdemeanor, then that would be the better charge or the more appropriate charge. If that's not the case, under the criminal mischief statute, um, it's uh, there's kind of a catch-all that says uh, that when you create a substantial inconvenience for someone, um, it you know criminal mischief is sort of the vandalism charge, and so. Um, but, it, but it really encompasses a lot of things like creating a, a uh, uh, substantial inconvenience so, so you don't have to worry so much about the dollar value. One thing that is unique about political signs is often people don't necessarily buy the signs, but they are their possessions, so it's hard to assess a dollar value when the sign has been given to the person. So it's easier to say, well, it, clearly there's still a crime committed, and so it falls under the catch-all of criminal mischief. And so that could very well be so what's the, the more appropriate charge. Okay, what's the criminal mischief? It would it would be a Class C misdemeanor, as would be the theft charge, if we aren't able to substantiate a higher value than $50. Any any theft under $50 is going to be a Class C misdemeanor. Okay, so you aren't doing a night in the tank at that point, or are you? Well, I mean, you you could be arrested still, and and uh, but ultimately the the ultimate punishment for a class A misdemeanor is a maximum fine of five hundred dollars. And of course, we don't get into what the actual fine would be. That'd be for a, a judge or or whoever to determine that. Um, but but the law states that the maximum fine would be five hundred dollars. Okay, so Chief, I've heard you lay all this out. Chief Greg Stevens with us, other side of Texas, rash of Beto O'Rourke uh, yard signs uh, being stolen in Lubbock. 
let's say I'm one of the one of the kids. Go back to you know twenty year old Leeson on the way to McDonald's for the number four quarter pounder and a diet coke <laughs> at one o'clock right. in the morning. I may or may not have consumed something I shouldn't have before. I see a yard sign. I get out and I get it and throw it in the back. And then we go work through the neighborhood. Let's say I'm riding a co-pilot in the truck that's on these videos. It doesn't seem, if I'm weighing at the moment, and oftentimes people don't weigh the consequences in the moment, but if mm -hmm. I listened here, then it wouldn't be much of a deterrent for me that this is a great thrill Maybe I'll lose next week's paycheck, but I'll just work overtime. Well, you do still risk being arrested. You you do you would have a criminal charge on your record. I mean, there's still consequences there. Um, you know, uh, and so uh, again, you're looking at, at what is the same charge as public intoxication. Um, uh, you know, a, a minor hit and run accident. So mm -hmm. there's there's uh, it, it's it's on that level of offense, and so. Um, again, you list you list having a theft, or you risk having a theft conviction, or or what is the same as a vandalism conviction on your record. And so, I think that's the larger issue. Yeah, if it's a fine and you, you pay it off, or if you get some kind of probation, whatever it is, uh, the bigger the larger issue is what is it going to mean down the road when you've got to explain that uh, to a potential. Uh, you know, when you're you're applying for jobs, careers, and things like that. And I, we hope that that's what someone will think about before they do these kinds of things. Yeah, so any leads on this activity over the weekend yet, Chief? We, we've, we've got a we, – we do. We, we, the case has progressed qu quite well, and, and hopefully we'll have some resolution to it in the near future. Okay, so uh, let me just uh, stick with uh, – well, I've, today you and I were messaging back and forth <clears> – <throat> It's not trespassing to go on to somebody else's yard? To their front yard, it, it, is, it is not in most all cases. And, and that's very like confusing front for porch, a lot of people. Front porch or front yard? But we're really both. And, and again, that's distinguished between the, that and a backyard. Your backyard where there's a fence, there's a gate, it clearly says, hey, this is not an area that's open to the public. Mm -hmm. uh, that would likely be trespassing. Whereas the front yard, a substantial amount of the public uh, could have access to that. It's it's a public place, yet still private property. It's still a public place. Even so, be, uh, uh, even behind the sidewalk. Absolutely, yes. The sidewalk if, if, you to the house. if there's not a fence, right? If there's not a fence, then it's not. We're not going to to um, have a trespassing charge. Okay. And and it and it nor is it going to be one of the things that we're asked a lot in these circumstances is uh, it's always brought up about interference with an election and and first and foremost that we're not we're not in an election right now early voting hasn't started or anything like that and so uh it's not interference with an election there's no statute that would cover that um and so uh, so so no those things aren't going to come into play it is either going to be theft or criminal mischief would be the two most appropriate charges in this case so the old adage Chief Greg Stevens joining us here. The old adage, get off my lawn, may not apply. Uh, that, and I'm saying this because, and you don't have to comment, uh, lots of O'Rourke voters aren't likely to have the firearms on hand that the Cruz voters are. And if you see somebody in your yard, Cruz voter, and they're still, so let me set up the scenario. Regardless of candidate, and I'm just going to say it's the Cruz yard, but I just want you to engage the scenario here. Somebody goes in the yard, gets a cruise sign, pulls it out, 
and then someone from inside the house opened fires, who's in more trouble? The person doing the shooting. Okay. Absolutely. It, now, there's, there's there, again, uh, I'll toss out there, there's, there's a couple of things in Texas law about theft during the nighttime and criminal mischief during the nighttime. That, you know, that sort of muddies the water. Um, I, if, if, the, if you're a person who has a, has a license to carry or, or you are a person who uh, you know, protects your property and yourself with a, with a firearm, you need to know those laws. That's part of responsible gun ownership. Know what the law is and know when you can and can't use that firearm. And, and, so, um, and those laws are out there, and you can get easy access to, to know them and understand them. And I, before you do that, I would encourage you to know those laws. So um, I'm not sure that, that uh, guarding your political sign by, for either party um, that, that deadly force is probably not the way to, to do that. Uh, again, it's a, uh, it's a, a pretty inexpensive sign. And, and uh, you know, again, that would be a case-by-case scenario, but uh, it's a pretty drastic measure to protect your, your political sign uh, from your front yard. So, um, yeah, and, and then I, it, it, I'm remiss if I don't point out that, of course, we, the police department, are very apolitical, and, and we are concerned with any theft of any political sign or any other property. And, and we're we want to make sure that, that uh, everyone understands that, that it doesn't matter to us whose sign is stolen. We would like for everyone to not steal any political sign. Just just leave it alone, and, and, and you know, hopefully we can engage in, uh, you know, in uh, healthy political debate and have a fair election, and that's it. Uh, Chief, while we got you here, we know that you're working overtime here. Um, sure. Speaking of. You shouldn't put your sign in between the curb and the sidewalk. That's that's public right away. If you get your it sign is. out there, if things for people to know coming up. Also, is code enforcement in Lubbock now under you? They're or, not. Oh, no, they're no, they're no, not. They're but up. you help them. That people can always be referred to you. It's time for people sure, to start we mowing their yards, right? Mowing uh, their alleys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You guys, we, codes about to we, go. We out. don't do that enforcement. Yeah, we don't do that enforcement at all. We work hand in hand with codes on a lot of issues, but they are their own separate department. Yeah. Well, I just saw on Facebook, LPD put out a little uh, more, you know, announcement that it's time to take care of some grass and some weeds with all the rain. Uh, Absolutely, G- Chief. Appreciate it. I see uh, your Stevens uh, stings out there. I've not been stopped yet. Because I got a chicken crap ticket down by El Paso where Comfort, Texas goes from 87 to I-10. So I've been driving real slow. Um, I hope that I don't get to encounter one of your stings out there. But um, I assume that those are going well. And uh, well, well, I don't want to well. see anything with that because I'm on adjudication right now. All right. No. Uh Chief Greg Stevens making time for us here. Thanks for letting us know. A little didn't get you into politics, but got to learn plenty about what's going on with yard signs leading in the election. Have a good evening, Chief. You as well. Thank you. Well, I touched in with him. Going to touch. Well, we're going to get into a little Rager Gate here in just a moment. Maybe touch on Regent Gate and then bring you home with Samuel Thomas Leeson here. On your other side of Texas, sitting there. Uh, how you doing over there, buddy? You just drawn away? Yeah. You just drawn? Yeah, I see that you're amusing yourself. Yeah. You getting all warmed up for the... Do you need to go outside and do some vocals to get ready for the audience? Um, no. Lots of people listening, buddy. Well, 
this is a faster way. Okay. So let's hit a commercial break. We'll get back in and then we'll get you on Samuel Thomas. Okay. Right here on your other side of Texas. Just stick with us. Gonna go make a little bit of money for some great sponsors. Check them out. Check them out. You let you think we shoot you straight? They will too. Right here on your other side. the other side title one lovick's digital real estate and title escrow company bringing you this portion of the program because we don't do it for free somebody who can help you with the highest level communication and service from the time the contract opens till it closes check our friends out at title1.com so you know, what we need to do is to get in some gate. It wouldn't be another side of Texas program without some gate. So let's get into some Rager gate. So earlier, well, this went down last Thursday night. If you've not been paying attention, you got too much Regent Gate in your mind, like I do. We went into Pacer.com to bring you this information straight. Uh, for, well, and we've got another story to get into from, I believe, KLBK here. By the way, I'll be on um, some Amarillo uh, news thing tomorrow night, TV. Uh, I'll try to, uh, Daniel, get me the notes on that. Get me the notes on, go through that, uh, Kaylee, go through the email and tell me where I'm going to be for people who are listening in uh, Amarillo. Uh, this filed in Ragergate. I found it really interesting on last Thursday night, you begin to see a breakdown of what's happening there are answers that were required by the court, uh, required from in particular Bart Rager and Rick Dykes. And just watch Rick Dykes' slow play here. This is really kind of admirable. Um, I won't get into all the legalese speak, but essentially what we talked about this last Friday, you see in Red Raider fight song parlance, you get uh, Rick Dykes going high after Shane Smith and Bart Rager going low saying that there's an accomplice inside Ford Motor Credit, but Rick Dykes still finding ways to throw some shade Bart Rager's direction. It says that uh, with regards to, and I'm not quoting yet, uh, Shane Smith, the CFO, Chief Financial Officer for Rager Dykes Auto Group, uh, that Shane Smith, quote, coordinated and managed all the financing arrangements for Rager Dykes Auto Group, including the Ford Credit Financing, and this is the good part, both Mr. Dykes, in parentheses, who had no day-to-day -day management position with Rager Dykes Auto Group into the parenthetical and Bart Rager, new parenthetical, the chief executive officer of Rager Dykes Auto Group into parentheses, relied on and trusted Mr. Smith to manage the material 
financial transactions of Rager Dykes Auto Group and to provide accurate information regarding those transactions. What I read there is Rick Dykes saying, the buck stops with Bart, not me. I'm not there. He is. Goes on. I don't know who Gary Bird Jr. is, but he's about to have a few bad days if he hadn't already. Like, here's Gary Bird Jr. underneath the light hanging down from the ceiling in what's a cheap Mexican butchery back room. And they've got the light shining in his face saying, what did you know? When did you know it? Because apparently this guy up to his knees with the uh, FBI and uh, the U.S. Attorney's Office. Prior to becoming Rager Dyke CFO, Mr. Smith was employed, was an employee of Ford Credit. The plaintiff in his civil action, the plaintiff in the civil action, over the past 11 years, Mr. Smith maintained a close professional and personal relationship with Gary Bird Jr., who now must have uh, sunburn from a lamplight. Uh, Gary Bird Jr., the Dallas regional manager of Ford Credit and the person <coughs> primarily responsible for overseeing Ford's credit, Ford Credit's financing. Hey, Sam, we're trying to do a show here, man. You can't just rummage through your spiral drawing all your comics. They can't hear you right now. I'm trying to keep it down, man. Can you do that, little buddy? All right. Uh, and then later on in the submission to the court of original answers of Rick Dykes, it goes on to say, upon learning of, at the, uh, I'll read this line to you. At the same time, the Rager Dykes dealership chapter 11 cases were being con commenced. Mr. Smith made a stunning disclosure. Mr. Smith admitted that he had provided false financial information regarding the Rager Dykes dealerships to Ford Credit and Mr. Dykes and Rager. Upon learning of Mr. Smith's disclosure, Rager, Rager Dykes Auto Group terminated Mr. Smith's employment and referred Mr. Smith's disclosure to the local United States Attorney's Office, which has commenced an investigation. be really interesting to see how each side well every side Bart Rager's side Rick Dyke's side uh, Shane Smith's side uh, Ford Motor Credit's side begins to hedge in the days to come I will say with all of the parody that we've done about this on the program that what do you got that it, it's very clear that somebody was working with Smith on the inside because I've talked with other car dealers, with various groups, with GM, Ford, other groups. You don't get away with what they were getting away with at Rager Dykes for so long. And it begs the question of what kind of help was on the inside. Now, does that excuse anything on the suit side or criminality? I don't think so. I think that you'd have to be crazy to think that you're out of criminal waters. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate all that. Uh, speaking of Daniel's handiwork, uh, 
do want to shift gears a couple things. One, Vista Bank has Vista Bank Lubbock, and it's at that point where the two gates begin to overlap. Rager Gate into Regent Gate. What happened there? Was your CEO in College Station on October 7th, 2017? Under the thumb of John Sharp, Greg Abbott, Rick Perry. Uh, this from everythinglubbock.com. Uh, last night, we're broadcasting this episode on a Tuesday. On Monday evening, Vista Bank filed a document saying that it, Rager Dykes had defaulted on a $2 million loan. Vista Bank said on June 6, 2017, Rager Dykes took out a $2 million loan and that it was due one year, one year later. Then in June 2018, the loan was extended for another year. So let me do this math for Vista Bank. What did you know from the Texas Department of Transportation at that point? Flags in the air. Did you have any other flags in the air? But it was extended another year. Uh, a list of Rager Dykes companies filed for bankruptcy one day after Ford Motor Credit company accused Rager Dykes of defaulting on the roughly $40 million loan, which is a lot more money now. Vista said the outstanding principal on the loan is $1,957,222.52. And uh, that an amount of $42,772.48 was unadvanced when the loan was made. So, Vista Bank, get in line because we played this, I think, last week, but Daniel is really proud of his work, so we want to play it here. If you've got a problem with Rager Dykes, guess what you can do? You can call their helpline, but it may not be the helpline that you attended. You, you had intended to call this exclusive here, Other Side of Texas, via Daniel's handiwork. <laughs> Thank you for calling Rager Dykes Auto Group Self-Help Line. We appreciate your call. Currently, all representatives are busy. Please hold. We appreciate your interest in Rager Dykes Auto Group Self-Help Line. For more information, please hold. Rager Dykes Auto Group Self-Help is all about... How to be great! How to sell a bunch of cars! How to make a bunch of money! You can find that there on Other Side of Texas Facebook and on our Twitter at OSTXShow.com. Going to catch a break and uh, 
get you with some Samuel Thomas Leeson, our exclusive with Samuel Thomas. Here on the other side of Texas, stay right where you are. You want to know how he's doing in school? You want to know what he's digging? You want to know what he's what he's watching on TV, what he's doing on the iPad? He's got all the scoop for you coming up right here on the other side of Texas. Smith South Plains Ford, we're all about a better car buying experience. We understand that shopping for a car is a big deal, and that's why we believe in listening to what matters to you. Come see us in Leveland, where we have a wide selection of new Ford cars and trucks and an excellent sales staff. Love your car, love your dealership at Smith South Plains on Highway 114 in Leveland, Texas, or online at smithsouthplains.com. Love your car, love your dealership, Smith South Plains. Lubbock File Room. These are our guys providing safe and secure document storage and shredding services to Lubbock and the the surrounding area. Since 1992, for a free and hassle-free estimate, call LubbockFileRoom.com, 806-744-7666. That's 806-744-7666. Out on the text line, a couple of shout-outs. Appreciate you guys. We wrote a mighty fine piece. It's up on, uh, when I say we, the royal we, I wrote a mighty fine piece up on OtherSideOfTexas.com, and it's about some news that we broke yesterday on the program, Panhandle Emerald Power, excuse, let me start over, Emerald Power Players moving to get dental school to the tech dental school there in Amarillo. And lots from Jerry Hodge in that piece. Others, a substantial movement. And I think why is that they've seen, they've learned over time what was kind of backroom dealing was going on. And uh, they're, quite frankly, they're they're ticked and they aren't going to take it anymore. Uh, and that's what they've seen go down. Get all, get into the weeds if you're really interested in this issue Get way down to the weeds on the issue. A lot of things I learned from folks up there about what made them come to a place where they are actively ready and willing to take the vets, uh, take the dental school out of El Paso, put it in Amarillo. And I'll just say, Regents, as good as your story has been, you five guys, as good as your story has been for my business. I think that you guys just need to step down because as we talked about Ragergate and how that involves three of you guys and it's going to continue to involve you three guys and uh, what Francis has going on now, questions about his own financial interest in the dental school, something that more and more people are beginning to see is something worth firing Bob Duncan for. You guys, seriously, you ought to just step down. Make this go away. Go to polo practice with your kids or whatever it is that you do with that much money and just go enjoy your life because things are just going to get worse and worse. Uh, 
here through this program and other mediums. It's just going to get worse. You guys really, if in, in my understanding is that a couple of you have considered it, I would just tell you, my own counsel to you, go ahead and just step down because this is going to get rough. A whole lot rougher, in my understanding, from people with whom I've discussed much more rough in the days to come. I've been teasing this Abbott thing, this Abbott kid thing. And let me just get to it for just a moment. And I'll get to it more tomorrow in the program. Here are some headlines. I'm about to have my own child on the program. So, Sam, look, if you ever hear daddy say that California is a dirty word, that California is, um, that, that, if you if you ever heard Daddy say that we're headed to a pathway of California and that California is the worst case scenario, then I don't want you to go to school in California, okay? <laughs> Thanks for information. <laughs> yeah, I'm just letting you know now. And then there was a point in which I just pulled up. All I did was Googled it and then hit news and went to it. Um, Abbott saying... Quote, Texas is the leader of the national movement for capitalism. California leads the race in the United States of America towards socialism. And here's another kicker. Here's a campaign email sent out. Don't California my Texas! Exclamation mark. Uh, the liberal frontrunner for Texas governor has been fundraising in California where far left policies are welcomed with open arms by traveling to one of the bluest states in the nation, this far-left candidate is going to raise massive amounts, I believe this was about Wendy Davis, of funds from California liberals with deep pockets. And this fundraising hall will be spent to bring liberal California-style policies to Texas. Well, here's the deal. As a dad, a dad of four, and we're putting away money for the four to go to a school we're putting that money away right now, whether or not Sambo may get a scholarship. Uh, one of the others may get a scholarship to go out of state, and that may have been what happened. I don't know. But at the end of the day, I'm going to wind up paying for an apartment, living expenses, whatever. So why send them to the liberal bastion of California to a school that you say is leading the forefront in socialism like i'm sorry to yell but good give me a break don't make california into the menace and then sit back and smile like if i see a menace i don't want my kids in the menace like i just get really in so look man i got the other thing here's the other deal just hold on sambo now dad's just riffing can you say riffing yeah, riffing. I'm just riffing right now. Mm -hmm. I see liberals, and it's not just Craig Abbott. I see liberals do this all the time. And, you know, Charles Murray wrote a book called Coming Apart, and he did a great job of digging into. He came up with two fictional places. One was based on a lower socioeconomic street in Philadelphia, I believe, and it was Fishtown. And the converse to Fishtown was Belmont. And Belmont is where the upper middle class whites lived. And the uh, Fishtown is where the lower socioeconomic uh, whites lived. And these Belmont liberals 
tell their children, include everything, tolerate everything, and believe in absolute diversity. No, no, no. I was just kidding. They didn't tell their children that. That's what they say in public. But I promise you this, their children are in Suzuki, and they practice from 5 colon 0 to 6 colon 3-0 on the dot every day. I don't care what you want to do. It's not about you. Well, in the public sphere, it is about them. And then love who you want, do what you want, do anything that you want, like tolerance at all at all costs out in the public square, but whenever it comes to their house, it's very, very different. And my issue with that, and this is kind of the pastoral vein in me, is that, look, there are people who don't have the social intelligence that you have, and there are people who don't, uh, and this is a lot of Abbott voters, by the way, who, who don't catch on to the nuances. They hear the black and the white, whether you're Greg Abbott or you're a a Belmont liberal in Texas, they don't hear the nuance and there is no out of bounds. All they hear is what you said. Kind of like what Abbott said about Jade Helm 15 and everybody up in arms. People hear that and they act on it and it winds up costing them, but not in your house, not in your world. And it really, really bothers me because That's I don't. That's just ridiculous. Thank you. I'm going to pull that as a soundbite on the program, Sam. It really bothers me. If it's not good for your house, don't go out into the public square and say it ought to be for everybody else's. Because I've got an 11-year-old right now, 11-year-old daughter going on 21. And I pick all my messaging that she's given from other people. And it really is irritating because it just undermines whatever you're trying to do. Because guess what? There are hard lot, a lot of hardworking people in fish towns all across Texas who are trying to make a better way for their children. And whenever they pick up on this messaging, whether it be from left or right, and it's duplicitous, it just undermines everything. I'm still going to talk about this more, but that's what I wanted to get off my chest. I just, I, I'm a West Texican. I appreciate the West Texicans who listen to good West, West Texicanism on this show. And I don't buy it from the left or the right. It's duplicitous. Either live it out at home or don't talk about it. That's my deal. Yeah, you no. should. All right. So Samuel, uh, Sam is nine years old. And your favorite thing, I think, is football. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Okay. You like to watch football? I like to play football video games more like my favorite game, Man Overdrive, way newer than the dumb one. Okay. More than the dumb one. Yeah. But you like Tecmo Bowl, too. Yes. Like, we play Tecmo Bowl sometimes. Yeah. And you like that. But what's the rule in Tecmo Bowl? You can't be what team? With the what? What's that really good man? His, the man who wears silver and black, with the the Raiders. With the Raiders, yeah. and his name is. Hmm. Um. His name is, Bo. Bo Jackson. Yeah, you and you and your twin brother Jack get into fights whenever somebody's Bo Jackson, don't you? Mm-hmm. Because he's so wait, fast. Wait, no, 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 we don't. Uh. You, I, Daniel's falling down on the job, but I don't have a way to tell you <laughs> that uh, you're that you're not telling the truth right now. 
that you and Jack fight like tigers whenever one is Bo Jackson because the other always loses. Uh, you're playing football, though. Oh, yeah, we do. You started, yeah, yeah, now you remember. You're playing football now. Yeah. But what kind of football? Um, flag football. Um, my team's the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Hey, Dad, guess what? Mm-hmm. My friend James, he plays the same. Into the microphone. He plays the same sport. Um, he plays the same thing as us. He's in the Atlantic it, Seahawks, James. The, it, He's in the Seattle Seahawks? Yeah, yeah. Okay, but your team is what? The Vikings. The Vikings. Sure. Yeah, man. And so you had your first game on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, Buccaneers you, champions. Yeah, um, the Buccaneers who won the league last year. It was easy to try to beat them. Um, it's not, they're not easy as they look. Yeah. They have pretty good throwers and that stuff. Um, this Saturday, on Mondays and Fridays, we have practice, hard work. Yeah. I'm getting better and better, yeah, faster and faster. Um, for, um, but you lost on Saturday. Versus you the lost, Buccaneers. You lost by one point on Saturday. Um, actually, um, by close to 20. No. 18 to 19. No. Okay, oh, so yeah. you're not doing your math right. I lost. By it was 18 <laughs> to 19. You lost by one point. What was it like to lose by one point? Should I ask the, Colt McCoy? It did feel fun it to did. watch people watching me lose. Middle of champions. Yeah. Um, it was 18-19. But you almost took down the champions. That's yeah, the great we were part. so close. We yeah. were going for two points. Yeah. And guess what happened? Hmm. Um, we hiked the ball, then the floor missed it. Tech, about that, we have terrible hikers. Yeah. We have terrible. You got it, because whenever you hike the ball and the quarterback drops it, then that means that the down is over. Yeah. Yeah. But then after the game, we went and watched our Red Raiders, didn't we? Yeah, that, that was, was great. Good. That was great. And, and you paid attention the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you liking the Red Raiders' chances this year? Yeah. You are? Yeah. Okay. Uh, 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 uh. So uh, we watched some records be broken. Uh, tell me real quickly, we've got a couple more minutes here. Samuel Thomas Leeson on other side of Texas. Uh, how's school going? You enjoying Good school? Uh, about um, flag football, um, on Saturday we're going for Saints. We should they throw a ball every single time, no matter what, which is funny. Um, Are you going to intercept it, though? Yeah, it's, it might be pretty easy because they, okay. they put... Uh, okay, they, let's switch over and talk about school for just a moment. Yeah. How are things going? Yeah, math is going well, um... He has some art. Yeah. And then you teach the art of football on the playground, don't you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you go to the same elementary school where Buddy Holly went to school, right? Yeah. yeah. And you got to dress up like Buddy Holly a couple weeks ago. Yeah. You came in the station, and I was showing you around, and I showed you where Buddy Holly would play. In the station, right? In his studio? Yeah, he used to play here right where we were, right we are recording right now. Yeah. Was that, is that cool to you? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, there's a window on your right. That's where Bolly Holly played. Uh, it's not quite that oh. window. 
Uh, so Jeff texting in uh, with this question to you, Samuel. What is her name? Um, who? Uh, presumably your girlfriend. Oh. She's not exactly my girlfriend now. In the microphone. She's not exactly my girlfriend uh -huh. now. Not exactly Bentley. Yeah. Oh. Not exactly. Not exactly because she doesn't want to be your girlfriend? No, no. We do Jack's, uh, it's fine with me, Ashley, pretty fine. Hey, into the microphone. If he, it's Ashley pretty fine with me if he gets married with her. Oh, so now we went from, like, maybe being your girlfriend to your brother marrying her. Yeah. Okay, all right. No, uh, I don't want Bentley to hear this. Please, let's not talk about this. Yeah, Please, uh, mercy. Uh, no, <laughs> I don't want Bentley to hear the radio and see me talking about this. It'll be pretty embarrassing. Well, why'd no. you bring it up? No, was, you were the first no, one to. No, I didn't. Yeah, so, you were. Let me teach you a little trick. What you say whenever somebody asks you a question oh about a girlfriend or anything else is you don't give an answer. You just say... Well, I'm busy with my family at this time. Yes. I, I'm not really concentrating on that. So let me, let me let's try another tactic. Let's start the question over again. What's her name? And what Bentley. I want you, no, no see, you're failing. What you say is, I don't really have a comment on this time. I'm just focusing on flag football. I just really focus on flag football way more. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Samuel Thomas, we're going to go do something the weekend after next. Oh, yeah. We're going to travel to Dallas and see the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, that's, uh, a, that's a little loud. We're going to go watch the Cowboys, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. And what did that coach say a long, long time ago? You were watching the documentary on the Cowboys? They won five championships. We have the movie about the history of the Cowboys. Yeah. And what did that coach say? How about them Cowboys? <laughs> All right. Samuel Thomas Leeson. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for making time, Sammy. I know that you're busy with thanks. With, with all your football and everything yes. else. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Samuel Thomas, tomorrow we're going to uh, take it with some Ross Ramsey and get into some more Regent Gate and everything else that we got coming up. Uh, appreciate the time, Samuel Thomas. Uh, hold on. What was that? It's nice to meet you today. Uh, nice to meet me today. Yeah. Since I've been with you yeah. forever. Yeah, we, <laughs> you and I have been up since like 5.30 this morning. Hey, uh, going to get home. Got to get home. We got our great family waiting for us. Above average dinner. This will be available for you there on our Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Google Play. We just upgraded Daniel doing all the work there. Get us everywhere you want to be for Samuel Leeson for Lubbock Police Chief Greg Stevens signing off this edition of Other Side of Texas. See you again right here, wherever you're listening, tomorrow broadcasting from AM 580 Lubbock. See you next time, West Texas. It's who we want to be.